Thank you for downloading Fearless in Devotion, a podcast all about Wrexham AFC. Here they come, our mighty champions, raise your voices to the anthem, marching with our mighty army, Wrexham is the name, Fearless in Devotion. So now welcome back to the Fearless and Devotion podcast with me, Tim, Liam and Andy are also in on this. Reese is somewhere sunning up in Morocco, I believe. So hello, Reese, if you're finally getting on to listen to this when you're back. Um, as always, pod is sponsored by the Fat Boar on York Street. Get your bookings in with them soon because they are getting busy for Christmas, no doubt. So uh, yeah, tap that place up ASAP. Where do we begin? Um, we've li- well, literally recording this about an hour or so after the FA Cup draw for the second round was made. Wrexham were, well, they were third out of the hat. Um, and we got Farnborough at home in the second round. Um, what is your thinking of that, Andy? When, when it first came out, happy with it? I mean, it's without without being disrespectful, it's, it's a very, very, very winnable tie. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Um, I don't think we'll be on the telly, the main telly, which is good. We can go under the radar a little bit. Um, and obviously, we, we, we want to get to the third round. We want a plum tie. That's that's what, you know, that's what we're for. Well, I know we're all concentrating on on promotion, but it's big days out, like a potential FA Cup third round. It's why we're football fans. You know, we're enjoying watching Wrexham at the moment. So let's take that to the next level and let's hopefully draw a big club in the third round and see what happens there. I'm pleased. I'm not writing off Farnborough. They must have something about them to get to the second round of the of, of the cup. Uh, but I think really and truly we should, with a, an expectant, expectant crowd, we should have enough to beat them. Tim, what was your sort of first reaction? Yeah, I was happy with it. It was nice to be out of the hat early, to be honest, because I think last time we were one of the last ones out. It was like, Jesus, and it was just going down and down on the left-hand side of the screen, the numbers up, and the teams that were left. So, it was nice to be out early, especially with it with the draw being made at, at the race course as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm delighted with it. I can't remember off the top of my head the last time we were in the third round. Was that was that the Stoke thing? It must have been. So what, what 2015? 15. Yeah, so a while. It's definitely been a while. Um, and, you know, for, for those to those new listeners who may not be aware, uh, Wrexham and the FA Cup are quite synonymous with each other. Well, they used to be kind of pre, pre-National pre League, I guess. You know, we had a lot of decent FA Cup runs and so on and so forth. So it'd be nice for that to to go again. Maybe this is the the different chapter to, to what we had last season for the documentary with the FA Trophy. Now we've got the proper, in inverted commas, FA Cup. And happy days. We'll go from there, isn't it? But I'm delighted with it. What, what was your what was your thoughts, Liam? Well, I got out of uh, got out of a fitness class, which I won't uh, go too much into, and I discovered the draw, and I thought, yeah, that's our route to the third round. Hopefully, I'm not going to take it for granted because we all know what the FA Cup can do. But it seems to me like the gods uh, gods are on our side, or at least Mickey Thomas's uh, magic balls uh, are definitely on our side, and highly winnable. And I would really love us to get a plum draw in the in the third round if we get there um a few of my mates quite fancying newcastle away for some reason but yeah all what good. was your fitness class uh, I, I couldn't couldn't possibly say um 
I'm going to guess. I reckon you do Pilates. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> what a guess. Liam in spandex at the back of the class with a bunch of women bending over. Yeah. Let's get physical. <laughs> I'm afraid you both pretty much nailed it there. So, yeah, I'm just going to have to take that one on the chin. <laughs> So as it stands, are you, you you got a black t-shirt on, I see. No cap today, so you must be sweating. From the from the <laughs> from the waist down, are we are we assuming there's some sort of pink spandex and some uh some little sort of uh what are they called? Little leg warmers at the bottom there? No, I mean I'm just in uh in tracky bottoms, so yeah, keeping it real. Keeping it real, slob style, great stuff. <laughs> Andy, who would you take? Uh, let, let's not jump the gun because Farnborough are uh, National League South team, so they're not that far below Wrexham. Not having a great season, but they're still only one division below. So let's not count our chickens too soon. But if we were, if we were to navigate that uh, that tie at home, who would you like to see in the third round? Uh, I think you can't move away from the likes of Liverpool and Man United. I just think it would be good for the club. Um, you know. That we remember that five two away at United. It was the best seven minutes of my life when we took the lead there. Um, so you know, let's replicate that. Well, yeah, can't argue with that. I'd like something a bit different, but yeah, let's see. I, I take it none of you people have got brought any fearless Farnborough fun facts to the table. Is it just me? Whoa, 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 whoa there, young fella. Lovely you alliter- know- alliteration. Go on, then, Andrew. I've got a couple, but go on. Uh, did you know that Napoleon III is buried in uh, buried in Farnborough and uh, lived there with his wife Eugenie for a for a bit? Um, no. And also, I think Farnborough were the team we were going to get. We could have got in the fourth round of the cup in 1992. You know, when we beat Arsenal, it was Farnborough or West Ham, and oh. um, I think they took him to a replay, but West Ham won, and then Tim breaked our hearts. So, oh look at all this! I mean, he's either, yeah. got, it, he's either got it written down or he's just an, a natural. No, it's just natural, mate. It's just natural. Liam, did you manage to fit time between your sweaty and um, perverted, <laughs> perverted gym class and your tea to find any Farnborough delights for us? Yeah, well, after I'd finished uh, finished stretching and making myself live and nimble, um, I did manage to find some interesting facts in terms of Farnborough the place. Did you know that? It, was in the early 20th century it became the home of the army balloon factory um and later the royal aircraft establishment now, i don't know what an army balloon factory is is it the abf is it is it sort of like party balloons filled with with weapons and then they pop it and drop it on towns is that how it works that's what they're doing in ukraine at the moment yeah yeah for clarity, wow. Liam is not calling his gym class the Army Balloon Factory. Just to... <laughs> there's no angry ladies um, trying to shout him down. That would be a disaster. So, yeah. I, I look a bit like an Army Balloon these days. So yeah, could could be. Um, and in terms of the club itself, well, I'll be honest. I went on their Wikipedia page, and the only thing I thought was notable was the fact that they've got an all English team, except for a fancy sounding French striker called Hisham Casimu. Who, as it turns out, got 30 goals for AFC Totten last season. So, yeah, a bit of French style and panache there, maybe one to look out for. My slight two are, well, they're not, not wonderful, but something in common with Wrexham. So, Farnborough, in its original guise as Farnborough Town, 
Uh, we're docked 10 points we're going into administration something which Wrexham fans will know all about all too well and the other uh, fact Farnborough wise was they too have played Arsenal in the FA Cup it was the furthest they got I think it was 2003 in the fourth round and they switched the tie to Highbury Arsenal's then football ground and they got spanked 5-1 so as much as it was great for the finances it wasn't great for the scoreline do we think, before we move on, if Jefferson Louis played for Farnborough or not? Because he's played for everybody else, hasn't he? he he's he's got to have, hasn't he? No. Is it no's for both of you? I'm just going to go through and have a look. I'll now. say yes. What are you saying? Yes. What are you saying? Andy? I was going to go yes, but now Liam's gone yes. My comp- competitive streak means I'll have to say now no, but I think it is yes. So I've double bluffed myself. <laughs> wow. Talk about covering all bases. Well, believe it or not, Jefferson Louis, he of Wrexham FC fame back in 2008-2009, scored 15 goals in 42 appearances, did in fact play for Farnborough in 2018, where he scored twice in six goals. Pretty decent return. He is still playing at Tem United. Um, unbelievable. He's 48th club, I think. A lot of clubs. It is outrageous. So, yeah, no great surprise. That More Jefferson... clubs than my mum's biscuit tin. Well, I want to I see Jefferson Louis on ESPN covering the Farnborough-Rexon game as, as a neutral play for both clubs. That, that would be... I mean, I think that would be sweary, Tim. I'll be honest, but, you but know... He, he, would be, he would be fucked as the same went. If, if you don't know what we're talking about, dig it out. Rexon versus Oxford on Satanta Sports. Um, was that I can't remember when it was 2008 I want to say 2008 2009 it was the start of the season yeah the start of that of a large foray into non-league anyway I digress let's um, pour over our our win at the weekend 3-0 against Oldham Athletic to get us through to the uh, to the second round I mean Jesus was it was it meant to be that easy Andy what do you think I mean, Oldham made it pretty easy. I couldn't really work out what they were trying to do there. I felt, felt a bit sorry for them. I mean, they do have some good players. They just can't seem to, or they didn't seem on that performance to be able to gel them together. And it was a pretty, it was a pretty easy win. I mean, it's not often that our, our midfield looks that good, but they absolutely dominated on Sunday. And I hope that just gives them gives them a bit of confidence to go into sort of bigger away matches and. And do the same. I thought James Jones was excellent. Um, I think Luke Young had his had his one of his best games for us, and that's saying a lot because he's one of our most consistent players. But I think the caveat for that is that Oldham were 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 all over the place in midfield. And so what I want those lads to do is take confidence from that, know that they're good enough and too good for this for this division, and take that into to the tough away games we've got coming up. Um, apart from that, what does Bryce have to do to get a penalty? I have no idea. He the lad to, never gets a penalty. He needs to not lose control of the ball before getting fouled. I, mean, I only saw it from the back. and He got he lost control of the ball, which I, I know it, it's neither here nor there. He does get shoulder charge, and it is probably a penalty. But he probably makes the referee's decision a bit easier by losing control after that mazy run, which didn't help but, his goals. Mate, Alden was so terrible, he would have probably lost control, and Alden would have given it straight back to him. And then he he could have scored. I mean, I, I think that I, I, from what I saw, it was a penalty. He got absolutely taken out. And, you know, this is the lad who got taken out at Grimsby. I think there was another 
of a thing last season where he's been taken out in the box uh, and he gets sent off when he doesn't do anything. What has Bryce done to referees? <laughs> the burden of Bryce. There, there will be his autobiography title right there. Liam, what did you think of that win? And were you impressed with, with Dalby? Um, you know, on a rare start. Very, very good. I think it was his first, was it his, it was his second goal for us? Was it his first start? I think I can't remember. Yeah, it was it was good to see him getting a start just because I think we've got options there for games like this where you don't want to risk Ollie Palmer. Um not quite sure what the, the nature of Palmer's injury is, but he took a bit of a battering in the midweek game. Um but yeah, that's where you want to test Dolby and, and see what he can do. And I thought he did well. Um quite an easy an easy chance, but you know, you've got to take them at the end of the day and he did really well, held the ball up pretty well. I don't think he's exactly the same style of player as Palmer. Um, But yeah, I think he's a useful option to have and certainly didn't do himself any shame. Um, The game in general was really easy. I I wasn't expecting it to be be quite so easy, but Oldham just seemed to be in... I was thinking when, uh, when I was watching it that I can remember a time when we would get excited, we were excited to sign Ben Tollett and now you look at that Oldham team and I just don't think there's any players there that would get into our team whatsoever. Um, and as for Hosanna, uh, that was a definite penalty for me. And I just get annoyed by the fact that it seems like there's this unwritten rule where if a team's three or four nil up and there's a stonewall penalty, some refs just seem reluctant to give it to spare the um, opposition's blushes. And I don't think that should be the case necessarily. Yeah, I mean... It was so plain sailing, wasn't it, at the end of the day? But let's um, let's turn our attentions to something else before we look at um, the games coming up. As of earlier today, before recording this, uh, Wrexham's Council, Wrexham Council's planning committee unanimously approved um, the COP stand plan, the revamped COP plan stand. Yes, cop stand plan. Yeah, that's the way of saying it. So, I mean, no great surprise um, to anybody, I don't think. I think there would have been absolute, there would have been a baying mob outside the uh, the guild hall if they had refused that, surely. So, no great surprise, but then I guess the real work begins now. I think there was a lot of noise mentioned around residence parking and a few of the bits and bobs, which is fully understandable, and you can understand why, why those concerns were raised, but What's what's the next steps now, Liam? I'm going to come to you because you're the man in and out with all the uh, the local democracy malarkey. What was your 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 take on this now? Do you see a a time frame on it? Because I imagine, from what I understand, demolition work on on the the current cop is going to start earlier than than we'd imagined. Yeah, well, I watched um, I watched some of the meeting live on um, webcast before I went to my uh, lovely fitness class. Um, and also I've been speaking to Rob from Wrexham.com who was there. Um, it was, I'm not actually surprised that it was unanimous, but it's probably, I think you could argue that it's probably the biggest news that we've had, um, under the new ownership, just because it brings the reality of the new cop that much closer. Um, there's a few caveats in there, you know, local councillors were talking about Parking is an issue, which you know clearly it is. Anyone can see that on a match day. I think it wasn't conditioned, but from what they said, it's been agreed that the club's going to give four thousand pounds to set up a resident parking scheme. But there's not um, any commitment to ongoing costs year on year. Um, 
the other sort of slight caveat is that there's this issue of phosphates which in layman's terms is basically people pissing and shitting and it's ending up in the river d um currently that means that there's a condition which says that the new cop can only be used on match days which is far from ideal but from what the planning officer said it is being talked through with natural resources wales and it does sound like it it could get resolved you know sooner rather than later so it might not be the big issue that we we thought it would be um but overall Liam, really sorry mate you're gonna have to go back on that one so people pissing and shitting and it's ending up in the river d now is that just through general sewage works or is that people having a piss by the river d who have football fans <laughs> and if you catch someone with a wrexham shirt having having a dump near the d it reflects badly on Robin Ryan. I, I, I don't understand this, mate. Come on, take me through this. So basically, the, there's a place called the Five Ford Treatment Works, which, if I'm correct, is somewhere near the Wrexham Industrial Estate. And at the moment, it's at capacity. So I think it's to do with the capacity to treat the water before it goes into you know the D or water courses. Um, and yeah, the, basically, Natural Resources Wales suddenly introduced these new targets. Uh, to do with it about two or three years ago but not a lot of thoughts gone into what the solutions are so a lot of developments have been on hold for you know a couple of years or so but it sounds like we're getting there with this it sounds like the talks are already underway about what the solution is so it's just it's, it's just finer details more than anything although on a pissing note interestingly councillor phil Wynn mentioned that people have been pissing in gardens on the estate opposite the uh, race course so yeah can we cut that pissing out? Because that's not going to look great on us, is it? So be nice to the neighbours, I think, is the message off that one. Right. Next question from me, mate. Um, we've already we've gone over this sort of planning hurdle. So, you know, the, the stand they want to build, we can build it. Now, funding wise, where are we? Because if, for example, we do not get the levelling up funding that the government have, have looked like they, they were going to give us, um, where does that stand with the COP? Do we still build the same COP? If so, where does the money come from? Do you know, Liam? So uh, the t in terms of the levelling up fund to start off with, um, the talk now is that that announcement is due at the end of November. In fact, Sean Harvey was at the meeting um, and I think he actually said that at one stage, I think the expectation was you know, it was a sure thing, but things have changed since then in politics. You know, Liz Truss pressing the economic chaos button um, and being replaced by Rishi Sunak. So that maybe adds a, a level of uncertainty to it. I am told there is a plan B. What that involves is not clear. I would imagine it's probably more private funding, potentially some extra from Robin Ryan. Um, but you would also think that they, they probably got you know, options in terms of other people that they could potentially leverage funding from. They're not exactly short of a, a few contacts themselves. And I think the ambition from the club is very much the full fat cop, i.e. 5,500-seater rail seating with the facilities in it. They don't strike me, from what I've been told, as the sort of people who want to do it on a, on a reduced basis. So if it is going to go ahead, it's going to be the full fat version. Right, we need to win the FA Cup to fund this then. Uh, finally, I've solved the parking issue. Uh, in a delightful turnaround, we should buy the B&Q and turn it into a Wrexham FC car park. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a nice turn of events. I mean, 
as someone was saying to me today, like, you know, if you go to, um, you know, Premier League ground, anywhere and everywhere that's in immediate reach of it is doing some sort of parking scheme for for match goers. So, like, I know we've historically got arrangements with Glinder, arrangements with the Mice Gwyn and that sort of thing. If you think of places, you know, not too far up, there's schools in the surrounding area that could perhaps offer spaces on a match day. Um, you've got places like St. Mark's multi-story in the town centre, even some sort of initiative with council car parks. You'd, you, there's got to be solutions there. I don't think it's just the case that you know it's going to be a free-for-all everywhere with parking. So I think we can come to a solution. It just takes a bit of imaginative thinking. Very true, very true. But between now and the cop getting built, there is still a lot going on that is going to attract a lot of people to the town. There's a lot of things going on in Wrexham at the moment. There will be a lot going on this coming weekend. I think November the 11th to the 13th, three-day Walgoch football festival begins in Wrexham. There is a ton of things going on in the town, city in brackets, um, over those three days. Film premieres, gigs, um, not Ryan, talks with footballing greats, Loads of stuff, loads of stuff. If you visit, I think the uh, the website is, let me have a look for you while I'm here. I think it's uh, footballfansfestival.com is the Wild Gork Festival website. So footballfansfestival.com. All the listings are there, what's going on. You've got a big, massive Spirit 58 bucket hat outside Wrexham Museum at the moment. There's a big uh, big exhibition going around there. I think, Liam, have you been to that? Did I see you pictured next to it? Yeah, I paid a visit on um, Friday because actually, as it happens, my uncle's working on the um, sort of the wider football museum project for the uh, council. And so, yeah, they've got the giant Spirit 58 bucket hat if anyone wants to pop there for a selfie. But if you want further treats, there's quite a few. Um, they're starting to put some of the football exhibitions in now and there's some decent shirts in there, Wrexham shirts, Wales shirts, um, some more football-themed stuff. And I think they've also been having... Um, some sort of panini sticker swap days on weekends as well. So plenty of good stuff going down at the museum. But definitely check the website out. I'm just scrolling through it now. There's there's too much to mention, but there's loads of good stuff. There's BBC Radio Wales phone in, exhibitions, um, podcast events. Uh, there's just there's just endless amounts, but really good for 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 the for the town. Please support it. Please check it out. Um, it's a good time to be a Wales and a Wrexham fan at the moment. Obviously, not long to the World Cup now. Uh, we may or may not have a special guest for that for next week's podcast ahead of the World Cup. Um, fingers crossed. But yeah, uh, also on that, Neil Taylor has announced his retirement today. Um, great servant. He was he was with us when we were in non-league. He's gone on to have a good career. He's retired, and we're still in non-league. Um, wonderful, Andy. Good player. Good servant. Yeah, one of those players who got better as they went up the league because they just had a bit more time on the ball and his his natural pace would um would would shine through a bit. I'm never going to forget being a, being in 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 Toulouse, wasn't it, Tim, for the uh, for the yeah, Russia game? Russia game yeah. yeah, I mean, just a per- perfect perfect night of being a a Wales fan. That it doesn't get any better than that to beat a fancy team like Russia three nil, and you know Neil scored one of his probably only goals for. For, for for Wales and we'll always have that Neil and to be honest you know we did we had a podcast with him six or seven months ago what a lovely bloke really nice down-to-earth fella intelligent guy as well there's a reason why Saunders made him captain at about 21 he, he had his head screwed on um 
best of luck, Neil, whatever you want to do. I think, you know, if you do want to become a, a manager, you've probably got the intelligence uh, to, to take it forward. So good luck. Yeah, please check that pod out. It was recorded August last year. Really good. Got loads of good stories about uh, X-Rex and X-Wales player, um, X-Rex and boss and X-Wales player, Dean Saunders, amongst other things. But yeah, I think that goal against Russia, it was his first um, goal since he scored against Gray's Athletic for Wrexham, if I remember rightly, off the top of my head. So, I think a... he treats both those game uh, goals exactly the same. He, they're like his children he can't pick. Unbelievable. But yeah, great, great servant to, to Welsh football and all the clubs he's, he's played for, really. So definitely a 110 percenter. Anyway, onwards, 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 onwards. We've got a guest from probably further back than where we what we've tended to go for. Two guests, mate, but they're both from probably further back than, than where we've been, been before. I'm sure one of them won't mind me saying that. Go on, give them, give them, tell the people, Andrew, who we've got. Well, I'm, I'm sure it'll be on the name of the podcast. So we've got Steve Massey, who is our still our all-time European goalscorer and Wrexham historian and former WST chairman, Pete Jones. Uh, they're, they're talking about their books, but they're mostly talking about their sort of, <clears throat> you know, the history of, of Wrexham and the big European nights. And Pete gives us a nice little tidbit, actually, uh, about... about um, about who may have who may have been interested in the club at, at some point. Anyway, keep listening for that. It's good. Yeah, sit back, enjoy, make yourself a brew, and listen to this lovely European tale. A uh, bit of a special one today with not one but two guests, both interwoven into the tapestry of the club. First up, we have Pete Jones, who is known to many from the Shropshire Reds, as well as playing a huge part in the fan takeover the, of the club, becoming the WSC chairman. But he's the go-to Wrexham historian, and he's released a new book about the club, which you won't be surprised to learn is about the uh, history of the club. So secondly, we have Steve Massey, a striker who joined from Cambridge and joined a purple patch in some of the most famous games in the club's history. He then went on to management in the Southwest and again has a book coming out on his long and varied career. We thought we'd zone in on some of the big Euro nights as one one is responsible for keeping the memories alive while the other guy made the memories. So welcome to you both. Hi, Pete. Hi, Steve. Hi. I'll uh, I'll just just ask Steve, uh, sorry, I'll just have Pete first. I'm... I mean, you're known as Mr. Wrexham fan. So what was your first sort of experience of, of watching Wrexham? And were you ever tempted to be a Shrewsbury fan? <laughs> well, I might be involved with the Shropshire Red, but I'm Wrexham born and bred. Uh, <laughs> um, so I've never been tempted to be a Shrewsbury fan at all. Uh, my first uh, games were in the mid-60s, probably 66, 67, when my dad took me to the games. And uh, I've been a fan ever since. Who was the best player you've ever seen in the red and white? Of course, of course apart from Steve. Well, uh, my favourite is obviously Joey Jones. Um, yeah. uh, but uh, striker-wise, uh, oh, we've had a, f- a number of strikers. Albert Kinsey used to be uh, uh, one of my favourites when I was growing up. Uh, Billy Ashcroft, Dave Smallman. Yeah. yeah, we've had some great strikers over the years. Uh, and you know you you started in the mid sixties. What sort of era do you regard as the most enjoyable for watching the Robins stroke Dragons stroke <laughs> Hollywood FC? There's only one era, isn't it? The seventies. It was a uh, absolutely fantastic era, both uh, on the league front and uh, in the, the great cup games that we had during that period. Yeah, 
Um, and over to you, Steve. Right. Um, this is sort of like a podcast. It's <coughs> it, it's for a lot of Wrexham fans who may be a little bit younger, who, you know, some of some of them are even finding the club now due to, due to what's happening in over over the pond in the in America. So just sort of tell us what sort of player were you? What um, were your sort of strengths? Uh, I, I had I had pace. I was right. um, I was nothing like uh, I, I put a few I put a few pound on now, but I was I was quite uh, skinny. And uh, yeah, my, my game was uh, certainly in my younger days when I first started in the mid in the mid seventies. Pace was it. I was only I was only nine stone wet through, and and but as 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 you gain a bit more experience, I used to um, I uh, my um, my idol. I used to try and model myself on or try and get it. Any, anywhere near was uh, Kenny Kenny Dalgleish. I was, right. was so. If you think Kenny Dalgleish, um, and and a, and a and then a, a much 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 of a version down there, uh, that's that's that, that was my game. I used to like to hold the ball up um, and um, uh, run in the channel channels. I'd like to consider myself. I thought I was, I was a quite a good dribbler. I did yeah. run with the ball. Um, but uh, nothing gave me a bigger, a better thrill than scoring goals. No, of course. Now we always ask sort of players who join like who joined the club recently, how does it sort of come about? And you know, they go through the, the process of you know, your agents and then they're freshening around contracts. What was it like back then? What was it like? Well, I mean, was it was it literally a phone call to you or yeah, how, yeah, how did it sort yeah. of come up? I just um I just finished my first year at Cambridge, which was a bit of um should we just say it didn't go as well as uh, when I thought it would do when I signed in the August, July August time. Um, and I still had another year, two, two years left on the contract, um, mm. and we, we were never out of the out of the bottom four. And I had an injury, and I didn't I didn't play as, as many games as I'd like to have done. Um, and Chris Turner was the manager at the time, and he phoned, he 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 called me into the into the ground. Um, it was a pre, during just right at the end of the season, as we as we sort of about a week or two off from from the end of the season, and he said um, uh, because of the money that I came on from Hull City. Um, yeah. that um, the wages uh, that brought four or five of us in at that time on what you consider were, were good wages because Cambridge, Cambridge United wanted to go straight back. Uh, they'd been relegated consecutive seasons from second, third into the fourth division and they wanted to go straight back. They, they brought in who, what they could, who they considered was a number of people that, that they could take them straight back out and, put, and, and the wages reflected that. Uh, so... Uh, I, I was I was sat there and Chris Turner got me and he said I've had a call from uh, from Wrexham, um, uh, and he said considering the position that we're, we're trying to ease the wage bill, I said I think yeah. you should go and speak to Dixie. Um, yeah. He said and don't forget they're playing European football. Oh wow! So it, did, right. it didn't really register at the time in the, in there, and it was Dixie that actually saw. So I got to 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 uh, to Wrexham with uh, my wife Gail, um, and we have the chat. And as soon as you come driving to the ground, I mean, it was even back then. This was what mid mid eighties. It was it was really an imposing stadium. It was it was a it was a what I can call a proper ground. Um, yeah. And Dixie Dixie sold it sold it on on purely on the European nights, mm. um, and that uh, there was nothing like it. Um, I had I I had personally sort of thought that I'd spent a couple of seasons at Hull City done. Didn't uh, consider myself doing well. Uh, then sort of took the decision really instead of staying with them in the championship, which they all, well is the championship now, the old second division. I'd I'd um I thought 
and I'll, I'll, I'll go down and sort of save save Cambridge, go and score goals down there at Cambridge. And of course, mm. the financial offer was was superb. So I, it didn't go well. So I just thought, actually, this this European nights it literally was sold on the European nights to me. Uh, that yeah. um, I'm, I, if I don't take it now, I might, I might not never have an opportunity again. I was I was getting close to thirty anyway. I was twenty what, 28, 29 at that time. Um, but about 14, 15 years in the game then already. Um, so I, so I, it, it was, it was sold on that. But the big, big selling point, what, what absolutely capped it off, was I was Dixie walked us back to the car. I got in the car, and he said, um, uh, "Give yourself a couple of days." I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give myself a couple of days because um, there's, there's no agents then. There was absolutely no agents in the game at all then in those days." Mm-hmm. Um, and then he said, "Think about it. Give yourself a couple of days." He said, and "Call me back." And with yeah. that, I'm, I'm in the car. The wind is wound down. And then with that, no word of a line. It's a, a bird of some sort, a pigeon or whatever, shit on his head. <laughs> on Dixie's head. On and Dixie's head. Was it Robin? Bang, on his head. And he was, he was all in by like, we, we laughed. Um, and Gail, my wife, sat next to us in the seat and she said, well, you've got a sign now. You've got a sign, haven't you? There's no good. We're not going to be no more luckier guy than this guy here. <laughs> like, and uh, uh, Dixie remembered it. When, when I, I, I saw him, I, I don't four or five years ago who came up with the game. My brother was actually uh, one of the uh, um, uh, FA officials. He was ob- observing the referee up there. So I went along with him and it was great to see that to, to some of the lads back there. Dixie actually, actually remembered it. And then, uh, yeah, so that was, and so that was it. That had to be sealed. I, I had to come to Wrexham. Yeah. I mean, what was what was Dixie like as a boss? We sort of talked about him a, a, a bit on this podcast. Um, we've had Kevin Russell on, who, who sort of mentioned him, and Andy Fackery, who came a bit later than you. Um, yeah, what was he like as a boss, and what was he like for strikers? Because obviously he he'd sort of made his name as as a goal scorer. Yeah, that, that that was that was a big that was a big attraction as well. Um, that I I I found out that that. Um, if I if I liked the gaffer who was going to that it 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 helped it helped me if I, I felt there was a bond or there was a connection and particularly because Dixie was a was was a striker and and straight mm. from the off when I met him he was just he he was literally the best managers and still I I still believe that that is the case even today I think the best managers make the ones that um, can walk that very very thin line from being one of the boys to the management to the respects so. You can have a laugh and joke at them. They'll take the Mickey out themselves, and but you know the line you don't cross. You don't. Want to, yeah. And I and I think my um. I tell you who's who was the the best at that was uh, if you compare him that I think I think anyway was Terry Venables. But Terry mm-hmm. Venables was a, a, a top top class man, manager, and he he walked that thin line from being one of the lads, but you knew where you stood, and he was management. Um, and Dixie did that, and I and I I got uh, I got on really well with Dixie. Um, he was uh, 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 he was a, a motivator and a man and a man manager. Um, yeah, and, and and he did he did uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed my time under under Dixie. He could he could uh, he could lose his temper. Blimey, mm. lose, I saw him lose his temper at Halifax, um, <laughs> away 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 from home, where he he smashed all the teacups up in up in the air, all the paper cups. We'd gone back in the dressing room at the end of the game. And the, and the tea had gone all over his nice grey suit he had, and we're just trying not to laugh. And he's he's actually raging, raging, raging. And but Dixie was a, a great, a great, a great guy. I had, I had a lot of time for him. And I got on really well with him. Could, could, um, just to bring in uh, Pete again. I mean, what can you sort of remember of that 
of that side. I, I know that Steve came in, but I think Barry Horn was starting to make a name for himself. Jim Steele had come in as well. What was what, what were your sort of uh, reaction? It was uh, Neil Salapa who would have been in the, that team. Um, yeah. Sean Connington. Yeah. Uh, Mike Joe Williams. Cook. Joe uh, Cook, the big big black centre forward. The centre half. Yeah, him. Joe Cook. Joe Cook, yeah. Captain Joe Cook, yeah. 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 Um, it, it was, uh, well, and of course, uh, a guy who's no longer with us, Paul Comstead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, of course. Paul, Paul was a, a good player uh, yeah. and he proved out. He went on to uh, play for Burnley a bit later. League was a liar. So were you guys looking at that team and thinking, well, this we could have a good season here? Should have got promotion. 100%. Should have got promotion. I say, I say in the book, should have got promotion. We, mm. we messed it up. We messed it up. Yeah. Should have got promotion. We had an excellent squad, a real, real good squad. Stevie Charles in, in the middle of the party. Oh, Jim Steve Charles, yeah, what a player. Paul, Paul Emson. Paul Emson that yeah. came from Derby County and Grimsby, um, flying on the, on, on the wing. Um, yeah, we had a... We had a, a real, real decent side, and it, we we just uh, messed it messed it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Can I? <clears throat> sorry, sorry, Pete. Go on. Yeah, no, go on. Yeah, yeah. Can I just zone in on one player who, who interests me? Because like, um, I, this was around about the time when I was thinking about going to games, but couldn't really go. But one player I always saw him on the back of the leader was Jim Steele, and he looked an absolute beast. Now, yeah. could could Jim Steele be as effective today as he was back then? He, he, he was the Ollie Palmer of that side. Uh, people who uh, look at the team now and uh, Jim Steele was the Ollie Palmer. I don't think Jim was as uh, mobile as Ollie, uh, mine, but uh, he, he was certainly strong uh, um, physically and uh, good in the air, excellent in the air, like Ollie is. Yeah. What was he like to play with, Steve? Oh, yeah, it was excellent. And I had a, I had a good rapport with guys like that. I played at um, Wrexham with, um, uh, sorry, uh, Hull, Hull City. Uh, with Billy Whitehurst, right, um, and then Jim Steele was was a uh, was was along those lines. Um, mm. Real, real good, good uh, battler. I think. I think um, with with Jim, I think he would he would make Gava a real good living living for himself. Whether it would be in the Premier League, I'm, I'm thinking Jim Steele. That was. I'm trying to think of the name of the guy that. Um, he's only just uh, he he uh, he led the Lincoln City forward line over the last few seasons. Oh. He had from, from the promotion. Uh, into the into the football league, and I'm trying to think of his Matt, Matt Reed. That's yeah, Matt it. Reed. Spot on, Matt Reed. He is he is a Matt Reed, and and I think Jim Steele would have made would have made a, a a fabulous target man in 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 sort of even from the championship and thing. But I, I think the the modern game is that you you got to be a bit more uh, mobile now um, things and that. But uh, Jim's style of play and and. Uh, I, I have this with some of the, some of the lads down in um, down here in Cornwall, where where I'm, where I'm living now, and when they chat about the game, and, and I think um, sort of formations and tactics and everything they they, they come round in, in circles really, and I do honestly think that there will be a time when it's it will come back to a to a big man up big man up front again, and then you know your Jim Steels, but he was uh, he was a great target man to just to go and uh, play off and have all these all these knockdowns and things, yeah. Can I ask a very quick question? And you've mentioned it already. Who was harder, Steele or Billy Whitehurst? Because he's <laughs> we we always call him like I mean I, I work for the Daily Star and he's known on the on the desk as the hardest footballer in Britain. Yeah, I mean I, could could Steele have, have, have matched him? No, 
No, <laughs> that's, that's, that's no disrespect to Jim at all. No disrespect at all. But but there was there was he was just a, a one-off. Where they, they just broke the mold when 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 he when he stopped playing. Um, he was just yeah. But it, 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 it's funny why I actually mentioned mentioned that because as soon as you made about Jim Steele and his style of play, I, I immediately thought yeah, Billy Billy Wires, Billy Wires. That he was um, he he was Billy Wires was the master of Hartman without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we like to talk about kits on this on this pod. What do you remember about that season's kit? Um, I think it was a, a red Marston one. Is it small, yeah. Pete? Can you remember? Um, no, um, I'm not sure. Um, I, was it high tech? Oh, oh okay. Yeah, it, yes, yeah. it was high tech because we we went on that first European to uh, Malta. Yeah. Uh, just uh, kitted out in everything high tech, everything in high tech, um, and we had to wear the boots. And to be fair, the lads weren't weren't. It wasn't just me, but the the, the lads weren't keen on the boots. They said we got to wear these right. boots, high tech boots, and it was like, mm, yeah, all right. Well. So this this seems like a good sort of time to get into those European nights. Um, and firstly, for for like the younger for the younger sort of uh, listeners, I better explain what the European Cup Winners Cup is. So. <laughs> Obviously, it doesn't exist anymore. It was a competition where every cup winner, so say the FA Cup winner or the, you know, uh, Copper, Copper Italia would go into a draw. And I think it was about five or six rounds, if I I remember. And, you know, it was just a knockout, good old fashioned knockout. You could draw anyone. It wasn't seeded. You didn't have to play eight games and then you could still have another six. It was just, you know, you got who you got, really. And I think, I think... That season, um, it, the first one was a Maltese club, wasn't it? It was Zuriek. 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 Yeah. Right. Had you ever heard of them, either of you? No. 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 No, I hadn't. Just to correct you, Andy, it was uh, first round, second round, quarterfinal, semi final, and then the final. Oh, right. So, yeah. oh, Rexford had a good chance of winning it then. Only no, it was, to win. You've got to and remember, then... it was only, it's not like it is today with the amount uh, of Champions League, you have four places, et cetera. It, the Cup Winners' Cup was one place per country. So right. like, it was, what, 30-odd 30, 30 teams in Europe. And that's what, yeah. uh, um, because the, the Russian state what, hadn't split up at that time. And so it was, uh, Yugoslavia yeah. hadn't split up at that time. Uh, so uh, there were only about 32 countries uh, in, um, invited. I mean, we'll probably talk a bit later, Pete, about where this where this sort of European run stands yeah, sure. in, in in sort of the, the main pantheon of... of um, of European nights for Wrexham. But one thing that is, you know, Wrexham were prolific at winning the, the, the Welsh Cup at that time, weren't they? So I think through the 70s and, and the 80s, what, what what sort of run did they go on? Was it sort of, I mean, I know they've won it 23 times overall, but was it particularly, did you feel it was they won it particularly more in the 70s and 80s? Um, in the 80s, uh... It was uh, more run. We're qualified by being runners up. More um, so, right. uh, we didn't actually. Uh, we won it uh, the season Steve played in Europe. We won it in '86. Mm-hmm. Uh, we beat Kidderminster Harriers home and away. Uh, it's one Nick Henshaw always tells me about because uh, he uh, uh, he got a cup winners medal from that from that game. Right. So when you say runners up, is, is it is that the case that I know they invited some English sides to, yeah. to, to, to take part? So if say if Kidderminster had won that, Wrexham would still go through because they would be the only That's Welsh right. side yeah. in the final. That's right. Was there ever like Kidderminster versus Chester in the Welsh Cup final, or, or were we always quite 
lucky on that. I, I, I'm just picking those two out as as examples. Was there ever an all English Welsh Cup final? Oh, I don't know. I, I know you can remember Chester. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Let's forget I ever said that. So anyway, <laughs> going across to Zurich, I think it, I think it is. I mean, where is it in Malta? I mean, is it? It's, it's not in the capital, is it? Is it a bit out, out in the? No, no, no it, it, we, we played in the national stadium, um, right? And it That's was Valletta then. Yes, yeah, um, and and um, it was it was sandy, sandy based, um, a lot, lot of sand, sand on it, but it was a good surface. But the but the heat at that time that was the the, the hottest um, game I'd ever ever played in. The heat was uh, unbelievable, but it was just we um, the club did it really, really well. We went out there um, a day or two beforehand, a couple of days beforehand. Um, mm. All our high tech gear, track suits and training shoes <laughs> and everything, bags, high tech, and um, and it was yeah we just felt um, we just felt it was it was it was uh, we just felt we were one of the as it was then the first, first division teams, mm. like Liverpool's, Man United's going going abroad yeah, um, and um, uh, it was um, it was a it was a game that was probably the the tie was won over there in the first leg yeah. and back, it was it was all over really um, yeah. Am I right in think, reading somewhere, Steve, that you were offered a bung over there? Yeah, 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 yeah. How did I mean, this come about? It's very, very low, low, low key sort of thing. But no, the <laughs> guy came and um, we were sat round the, the table. I was, I think, it was Barry Barron, if it was, and Stevie Charles was with us. Um, and and um, it, it, he, he came. We clearly we knew he was a, a local that came in, and he just said, "Would would you, um, you guys, you had a." a little box under under his arm and put it down on the table and he said would you guys be um interested in just making it a bit easier and a bit of a bit uh, a bit of glory for our boys clearly we knew what he meant and i think i think it was even yeah. carry on or it seemed charles just told him to <laughs> yeah out of that absolutely yeah yeah but that was i have to say that was the only only time ever ever in in the sixteen years I spent in the game, that anybody I I saw or even heard anything of, of, of that, yeah. yeah. I mean, you won seven nil over two legs. That would have been have to have been a hell of a bung, really, wouldn't it? <laughs> he would, he would, yes, yeah. So I, I I wonder whatever was in that. Um, it was like a it was like a, a big padded padded envelope with a little, little sort of cardboard box type thing. It was, yeah. So I wonder whatever was in there. It might have been a few Mars bars. Uh, yeah. Been, yeah, some high tech stuff. I take stuff probably was, yeah. Oh, that would have that would have tipped it. Any more I take. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you get through, it's seven nil. You again you can play anyone and you got Real Zaragoza in the yeah. uh, in the second round. Now, just looking at some of the players they had there, I mean one that sort of stands out for me is a lad called Ruben Sosa, who was quite a he went on to Inter. Um, was, that, was that the boy? Was that the boy that signed that they, they had him? He sat on the bench in the in the second leg. If we're, he, he was classed as well, a million pound, they signed him for a million pound. He was a, one, a million pound player. Yeah, he, he came on. He came on as a sub in that. That's it, he came on as a sub. Yes. Yeah. 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 Are, we, are we talking about Yanev there? Who's the Chilean fella? The Chilean fella. Yes. Apparently, yeah. he came for huge money, big big mm. money. He, he came for somebody was saying about it was about a million pound at that time. So again, you probably well. You, you, I'm going to say you knew more about Zaragoza than you did about uh, that team. I still can't pronounce. But, Zaria, you know, yeah. yeah. But how hard was it to try and get information on the likes of Ruben Sosa? I mean, would, would you have heard of him like a a Uruguayan with, with, with who might have played at a, a World Cup, or was it you know was it just 
you know, it it's, just, not, it's not yeah. as easy to get information back then. Well, it, it, was, it was, it was, and to be perfectly honest, perfectly honest, we just, we just went there. We, it was, it was just felt like as a, although we give it, and, and we did, we did get, gave ourselves, um, uh, did ourselves a great deal of pride um, and, and, and the performance we put on over the two legs. Um, and we were very, very unlucky to go to not to not to go through. Really unlucky not to go through. But it was always a felt like a bit of a, a free hit. Really, nobody was nobody was expected to give us a chance at all. You know, with the with the wealth between the two clubs and the the playing standards between the two clubs, um, it was just oh, that that um, they probably looked at it and it was you know maybe the equivalent of the FA Cup and the Premier League side playing a playing a fourth the old fourth division and not a national league side or something. Um, and um, uh, so, so there wasn't there wasn't that, what I, I remember anyway. Wasn't anything really about um, about sort of tactics. Right, we're going to play this way. We're going to transform this. So we just thought this team is just full of full of inter- internationals and, and um, uh, national stars, and and, and we're, we're just going to go out there and give give our best. Yeah, Dixie. That was what I like with Dixie. He wasn't he wasn't really a tactical guy. He just concentrated on ourselves, and he thought that. Mm. If if we played well into our town, then then the other team would have to have to go some to stop us, and so and so it proved to be perfectly honest over those two legs. Yeah, so the the, the one away in, in I think it's northeastern Spain, isn't it, Zaragoza? It's, I mean, yeah, yeah, we flew into Barcelona, we flew right? Into Barcelona and took a coach up to, to that Zaragoza. Yeah. Well, what was the atmosphere like? Did they sort of view it as maybe an easy win, or or were they, you know, I was think it just because. Gone? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I think I, I think so. We, we didn't we didn't really feel feel that that that, that um, we we just we just we we literally were sort of cocooned in a in a in a bit of a bubble. Really, um, we went to the went to the training ground. Uh, I remember there was a there was a probably a good couple of thousand, probably more than what watched us game, gates at home at that time. That were watching us train, um, and um, they had the outriders uh, on the coach. Going back, the, the the amount of press and people, even in the hotels, and, and right. no, I know one or two of us thought, do they do they do they think we're 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 Liverpool or something? Like, you know, because um, the the interest was huge, absolutely huge, um, and 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 I always remember at the end of what was it two or three minutes at the end of the game, there was always this this I don't know whether they're still doing it now the, tra- the uh, tradition that the, particularly the Spanish cl- uh, um, crowds will get their white, will get their hankies out, the white hankies, um, and actually say, fair play, you know, if their team's being beaten, or being others, and fair play. And about two, two, two or three minutes from the end, it was, just remember, that, 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 that there was thousands and thousands of these white, white hankies being waved to actually reflect, you know, the performance that, 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 that we, gave, we gave that, that night. Because um, I, I, guess, I guess they would, there would be a bit of, uh, well, not a bit. Probably a lot of complacency from 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 their side, um, but we took. I think we we took advantage of that, and we we more than more than matched them. Uh, I say over, over the two legs. Taking us just to the um, to the home game, then how were you feeling about um, about that fixture having done so well away? Yeah, well, we think we we think we come back nil nil, um, and of course that was that was a that was a great result and and shot waves. In itself, around the game, um, and so we think we think we got a chance. We got a huge, huge chance, you know. Um, and I remember 
being being as as excited and nervous as as any other game that are, that that are played in probably 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 just as uh, uh, more uh, nervous about about the game because um, you just knew just what the in, the interest was on it um, and I remember it was bonfire night itself November the fifth. Um, and it was a, it, it was it was just a sen- sensational night. I'm, I'm talking about it now. I know it's hard to 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 sort of get get that that feel from where from where you guys are. I'm I'm I've got goosebumps bumps coming up now. Just just thinking about even just preparing for that for that for that night really really was. There's the crowd, a fourteen and a half thousand there. Yeah. Uh, I, I've watched Wrexham in the majority of the European games, and. Uh, the crowd that night uh, matched the Anderlecht a- a- atmosphere because. Oh, it was. Did you say forty? It, it, it could have been yeah. forty thousand. It, it, it yeah. sounded and felt like forty thousand. It was. It was magnificent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a fantastic fun. picture of you, um, Steve, after you've scored. I think it's on the leader website. I'll have to share it so that people that who are listening in can see it as well. But. What what was that feeling like? Because it oh, just looked um, like um, honestly, it, it, seriously, it's just it's just there is nothing there is nothing like it. There's nothing like scoring scoring a goal from when I when I was fortunate to, to make my league, league debut at, at sixteen and come on and scored, <laughs> um, and that and that that feeling never leaves you. It never never leaves you. And then when you've got an occasion like the occasion we had um, that that night in that European night against one of the leading sides in in Europe. Um, and we managed to 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 well not manage deservedly pegged them back one all, um, and and they just remember the noise. In fact, I always say if those the the the, the fences were around around stadiums then around the ground then um, I think if 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 there wasn't the fencing there, I think I would still have been running now out bang past past mould early and gone out and I've been out there still running. Yeah, it was a yeah. fantastic feeling. I, I remember uh, like obviously it was nil nil at ninety minutes. Yes. Um, yeah. um, which, uh, but up until then, we'd had a, a lot of the play and we had some good oh. chances. But oh, I, I, I remember their goalkeeper. Um, oh, he was magnificent that night. Magnificent. Six, that six night. foot seven goalkeeper, yeah. Cedro, and he played for Spain and yeah. he, he just kept everything out, didn't he? He, he did. Uh, in that he did. 90 minutes. He did. I remember Jim Jim Steele heading to come Paul Comson, um having having a, a, an effort a goal. Um, he blocked he blocked one at one of one of mine. Um, and and he, he just had a, he just had one of those nights. He just had one of those nights. Fantastic he was. But then you scored in extra, uh, in, uh, the goal in extra time. Which yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that long after they they went one nil up. Yeah. Um, and I think. Barry Barry Hornsey took took the free kick and it just just sometimes as it happens you just get lucky just to be in the right place at the right time the ball just came out to them you just thought we just I, I knew I was going to get whacked because there was there was the two two as you, as you'll see in the footage the the, the footage which, uh, which I know gets played quite regularly shots um I, I, and I did I took I took two whacks down the down the uh, the shin and the ankle but you just knew that you got I, I was getting there first. And I was strike it low, strike it, and 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 I had a chance of scoring, and so it so it so it proved. And then they just the literally the old roof came off, and the noise was just tremendous. Um, and I I don't think I've been as pumped up like that uh, ever. I hadn't, I hadn't. I mean, for fans who've never like me, who've never really seen Wrexham in Europe, how special was it as a player and Pete for you as a fan as well? Yeah, for for me. 
my first memories was the first ever European game against FC Zurich um, on the race course. Uh, obviously, we played away first and uh, uh, we managed to draw with FC Zurich and Albert Kinsey scoring Wrexham's first ever goal in Europe. Uh, and then the, the replay was just a magic occasion uh, to win 2-1. And, you know, uh, uh, we're a third division club playing uh, uh, one of the top teams in Switzerland. And uh, we beat them uh, to uh, get magic split in the next round. But as, as Steve said about uh, uh, bets and what have you, uh, Hadjik split in the away game. I, I've interviewed the, virtually all the team who played in that game and... Uh, and every one of them to a man says that referee was bent. <laughs> <laughs> and to be perfectly honest, um, when you listen to uh, the descriptions of what they say about uh, the ref, uh, I'm sure they, they were spot on, to be honest. Old Tito got him, did he, Pete? He must have done. He must have done. But uh, uh, we had two players sent off after the final whistle in that game. <laughs> Uh, they, they were that irate about uh, the referee. Yeah, yeah. As a as a as, as a player, that was that was the huge attraction, huge attraction um, for me coming coming to Wrexham. Dixie Dixie sold it. They say that there are boys there are boys who had long long careers in in Division One as it was then uh, the the Premier League now um, that that would, wouldn't or haven't had the chance to play to play in Europe. I'd had a, I'd had what had seemed to be a long crowd for about 14 years then in, in the pro game. Um, and, I, and I just thought myself that it was a, a fantastic opportunity just to, to access to say, yeah, we played, played in, I played in Europe. It was held really in high esteem by all the, all the players. It really, really was. And we felt very, very proud um, to go and re- represent uh, the club and the country in, in, in the European Cup Winners' Cup. Um, and it still stays with this day. And the very fact that, you know, I look back on my, my career, and as, as it is in the book, that it's, it's without doubt the hi- hi- highlight, the, the, the huge, huge highlight. Um, and one of the proud, proud moments is that out of that, out of that uh, um, European nights that, that, that we had there, I'm, I'm still, uh, I'm very proud to say I'm still Europe's, uh, Wrexham's leading goal scorer in Europe. Um, I was going to ask that. I was going to ask that. What, what a great! They um, say, yeah, they, they always say. They always say. Um, they always say and I, when, when I mention that to people, and they say, or, or, or people will say, "He's he's Wrexham's uh, leading goal scorer in Europe." You know, Steve Massey. So, and they all, the, the question, the obvious question is always like, "How many did you get then?" <laughs> I always go uh, four, four, just just, just a four. <laughs> but but I'm I'm absolutely. Proud, I'm so proud of that. Absolutely, so proud of that. Yeah, yeah. Before we go on and talk about some more wider, wider stuff, um, just a quick question to to the guys who are on: Do you think Steve Massey's all time European goal scorer record will ever be beaten, Pete? <laughs> uh, well, going on what uh, Rob McAlenny and uh, Ryan Reynolds are saying uh, about who's getting to the Premier League, uh, who's to doubt him? <laughs> <laughs> Liam. Um, unless um, like we follow Mike Harris's suggestion of uh, entering the Welsh Premier League, I'm not. Uh, I'd love to think that there would be more European nights to come, but it's yeah, rightly a proud record for Steve, and maybe he'll be hoping that he he is the one to still hang on to it. Yeah, I, I want a straight no from you, Steve. Yeah, absolutely no, no, no. 
No chance. <laughs> I, I do, if it, it, if it is, then it they, then it's got to be to the to the to the good of the club, hasn't it? Then you know, if the guys are, guys are back in back in Europe and somebody's scoring goals, um, yeah, I'll be. I mean, all these records are, are put there for people to beat, but I am I am uh, immensely immensely proud of the of 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 that uh, achievement. Yeah. It won't be in our lifetime when it's, if it's ever beaten. Yeah, Liam, you might have a chance. <laughs> yeah, only just. <laughs> um, right, Pete, tell us about the book. Uh, I had your copy of the Wrexham History, which I think you wrote with Gareth Davis, wasn't it? And uh, what... well, the first one I did was 1992. I did it uh, yeah. uh, on myself by myself. That one, that was the complete record book, which. Uh, I needed a book like that to bring out uh, uh, what facts were, were wrong because uh, there's thousands mm. of facts, there are absolutely thousands of facts. Which to get everyone right, uh, impossible, impossible. Yeah, I, I even got the year we were formed wrong, 1872, because uh, since discovered it was 1864. We've got another. Uh, it came out in 92, so we've got another uh, 30 years of the history uh, put into mm. it. Um, plus everything else that uh, we have discovered since uh, and added a few more stories to it. Uh, yeah. But the book, uh, yeah, History Only Tells a Story, which uh, for a book I thought was a, a perfect title for it. Um, uh, it's the full history of the club uh, from the beginnings right through uh, to date. Uh, I'm not saying I've got, there's so much I could have put in. I, I could have made yeah. it bigger. It, it's 424 pages. <laughs> which is uh, you know a, a huge tomb of a book, um, yeah. Uh, so it's an update of the '92 one. Uh, you, you are correct. I did a uh, a joint one with Gareth uh, Davis, um, the racecourse Robbins that was Adams D out, uh, mm. which we uh, produced in 1999. I think uh, we've had more players since then than in the whole of that book. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Saunders uh, had more players than well, all that book. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, it, it, it's uh, like I say. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, everybody will enjoy it. it it's uh, it's a this day and age of uh, the of the uh, internet, uh, where a book will sell. We'll wait and see. I hope uh, fans will uh, look at it because it's there as you pass through the fingers of uh, all the history. Uh, as much as you want to delve into it, it's obviously a book that you can delve in and out of as well. Yeah. To, uh, reading the stories and then pick it up again. Um, so uh, yeah, I hope everybody enjoys it. How on earth did you manage to condense um, all the stuff with Hamilton, and then again with with, with what happened with years later when the club yeah. nearly went out of business? I mean, it's just there's a I'll lot. Just of check, content I'll just check there. to the main detail. Uh, I haven't uh, really gone deep into it. Uh, like I say. I, um, I could do a book on uh, on the Hamilton uh, era. Uh, in fact, uh, th th I did do one. It's uh, uh, but obviously my involvement with the trust, I didn't want to kind of uh, uh, cause any upsets, so I thought just leave it. And uh, uh, it's still on on my computer. I could uh, certainly bring it out if uh, there was a, a, a need for it. <laughs> it is a fascinating time, isn't it? Because I was surprised to see the documentary takers, uh, documentary makers take on that era to be honest I thought it might be one of those things you know yeah it's you know the documentary is quite a deep delve but I wasn't quite expecting it to go that far <laughs> don't know about you yeah. Pete yeah no I, I'm glad they did because it's uh, it, it was uh, it put the club uh, well 
we almost lost a football club. Um, like I, I know uh, as a trust, uh, we, we started up a campaign called Save the Racecourse. It wasn't Save the Racecourse, it was about saving the football club because if there was no racecourse, there'd have been no football club. Uh, and, and that's what it was all about. I saw somebody, uh, I'm not sure if it was on that, uh, on, on the Welcome to Wrexham or the uh, S4C programme, but somebody said that um, about uh, it being used for, I can't remember which, what they said they wouldn't be used for, but it was definitely a being q uh, yeah. um Did they say uh, Asda or something like that? It's yeah, possibly, I think, I think yeah. they did, but it was definitely B&Q, yeah. uh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was B&Q, you know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the days, uh, you know, we, uh, we organised the pro, uh, well, so many protests, which uh, obviously uh, we, we kept the police in the loop uh, throughout it all and going to hail barns and whatever. But uh, yeah, it's all uh, there. But, uh, um, I even went to the court and the, the high court when we won it, finally won it uh, on the appeal, uh, when Judge Judge, of all people, uh, kind of uh, announced that... Um, um, the ground would be going back to the football club and uh, the look on Hamilton's face will stay with me for the rest of my life. Um, I mean, they were, they were crazy we're, days, weren't they? Well, it was. Uh, like I said, we come out of the crown court uh, and we drove straight back up to Wrexham. Uh, Wrexham were playing Lincoln the same night. So, uh, <laughs> Did you uh, win? It, it was a mad day. I, I can't remember now. <laughs> it would have been prime <laughs> Wrexham to have won that and then lost 2-0. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that would have been wrecking over, yeah. You go from those crazy days, though, to the whole Hollywood experience. I mean, in, in your book, is there a bit of an inside track on the deal, um, you know, for them to take over the club, given that you obviously yeah. have had some insight in that? Yeah, it's a full rundown of... Uh, um, uh, I, I interviewed uh, Humphrey Kerr at a Shropshire Reds meeting. Humphrey Carr, sorry, uh, it's Carr, not Kerr. <laughs> um, <laughs> at the Shropshire Reds meeting, and we uh, I talk, spoke to him for about two and a half hours and uh, uh, about it all, and, and he went through it, and uh, it, unbelievable how it's how it's all come about. And and to be honest, Humphrey Carr is the guy who kind of uh, brought it all together. Uh, we shouldn't underestimate what he did. To get these guys involved uh, and put, uh, put it in their mind uh, uh, what they can, do, what could do, and uh, the project that they've uh, uh, introduced. Steve, you've also got a book out. Uh, when, when's yours being released? Uh, and does it, you know, how, what all Wrexham fans want to know is how <laughs> much of it is devoted to Wrexham? Yeah, well, there's a couple of big chapters, a couple of big <laughs> chapters. European Nights, I think. Uh, yeah. I think chapter 19 is, I think. Um, and, and yeah, and it just, it does detail all the, all the, the games in, in, in uh, the Malta, the four games we had, but it also details that, um, that, that the, the two years I, I, I was there at the football club. And of course it was, it was my transition from um, where I, I come out of the pro game after my, that would, that would be my uh, 15th season, 16th year in pro football. Um, Wrexham was last could before then I went on the way and the, the book goes on then to detail how how we, we sort of with my wife and I we bought the holiday parks and and my love affair with Cornwall sort of started in there um, but um, no they certainly that particularly talk about we, we mentioned it earlier you mentioned it earlier about um, uh, what that squad was about or how good it was and I, and, I, and I do mention we 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 should have we should have got promotion that year. We we should have got that, that my first season that that European Cup campaign should have seen us. Oh, and we had a 
I think we had a, a, a pretty sort of dodgy spell. Um, I remember a month, I think it might have been Jan January sometime, January, where we just sort of the wheels came off a little bit. We managed to get back together again, but 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 that that squad, with you say, with uh, with uh, Neil Neil Southfield, Pearson, Chris Pearson in goal, he's he is, and I I say in about the craziest goalkeeper I, I I I play with his his um, his sort of party piece was uh, was was a Mars bar, which was far far bigger than the Mars bars today, aren't they? They they're just shrunk. But the Mars bar back in the eighties, he could put one in his in his, in his, the whole of it in his mouth and he was just crazy Pierce, Pierce he was um but they had they had some great great characters in there about Barry Horn you know and Barry goes on to captain his country and things not and and um uh, Steve, Steve Charles, sorry, just to, did you did you see straight away that Barry Horn had the potential to do that or was he someone who was just always improving and it always in, always more... improving yeah 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 always 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 improving he was driven it was really really, really dri driven um and it didn't it didn't surprise me. it wasn't there are, there are two or two or well, probably like three, four or five players that I've, over my years that that you see particularly as a youngster um maybe coming on youth and they they go on to to, to big things and you think wow really but Barry 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 didn't Barry was always yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. Doesn't surprise me at all. Um, and he, he, he again. You talk about hard men. He was, uh, he, uh, he was, he, he was. Me and him, me and him. We, we, we used to uh, differ. Not that we talked about it a lot. We used to, we used to maybe differ on them, um, on on our, on, on our maybe uh, uh, political opinions and things. He was very, very staunch in, in what his views were. Um, but um, he, on the football pitch. He was absolute, absolute nail, and he was he was he was a great guy to to having that middle of the part with you. Yeah, Steve, you're still managing now, aren't you? Um, I've just I've just actually sacked myself. Actually, oh, oh my god! <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Do your research. This season, no, this is I've been um, the, the the original idea was that I I would come in to be director of football, yeah. um, and then the guy I I appointed five seasons ago now um, decided that he didn't. He couldn't commit himself, didn't want to do it. So, so it was left me a little bit in the lurch. And with my brother, who was living down here in Cornwall, um, and had joined me, uh, we'd um, we said, well, actually, we'll swing re re uh, reverse roles. If if I if I continue my management, because I'd, I'd, I'd managed um, 20, well, 30, 30, 30 odd years now down here in Cornwall, with Truro City uh, um, mostly. I had three spells with Truro City. But um, so I took over the reins um, the last five years, and I was thinking if if a manager comes available, I'll um, I'll just stand aside. And, and so it did this year. There was a, a young coach called Matty Matty Kuzak, who was with Plymouth Parkway, and they surprisingly decided to move him on. Um, and so there was a there was a real scramble for his for his signature, um, and we managed I managed to bring him down here, and I am I I'm back to director of football now. But uh, still, still, still enjoy. Still, very, very much involved in in in, in semi-pro football. Yeah. Um, there's a little segment we do. Um, it's called the fearless moment, where um, we ask our guests if there's one moment that sort of fills them with passion. I'm going to go with Pete first because I've got an idea what yours might be, Steve. To be honest, but, <laughs> but Pete, is there just one thing, whether you know, whether it's watching, whether it's when you were involved behind the scenes, just one moment where that that you just thought. That's it. That's Wrexham for me. Well, there's many uh, memories there, uh, but uh, uh, as a one-off, uh, it's got to be the Arsenal game. 
Yeah. When that free kick went in, it was yeah, 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 yeah. unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. Steve, should I ask what yours oh, is? Let, let me think. Let me think. What could it be? <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, when when I when I know when I know it's it's left my foot, and it's arrowed and it goes bang into that corner. That it, it's still now, still now. I, I it's just like wow. It's just like it, it happened a minute, two minutes ago, and the and the noise and the roar and that run and I'm, and I'm giving it all this run and the, and the short shorts. That's that was the era, and it's just yeah. yeah. That, that 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 for me was uh, was was it yes yeah was everyone into the short shorts or was it just a Rexham thing yeah no, no incredibly no. short no even um, even uh, when I came down here to uh, to uh, Cornwall it was still for even into the into the nineties you had boys in the changing room that would actually and I and I would do the same we would we would go into the peg and the kit would be be hung up and you'd get in there if you're in there a little bit earlier and you'd actually go along the pegs and and, and actually go on like. No, those, those are too long. I want a shorter, shorter pair. <laughs> so, um, it was as short, short as you can, um, really, in those days. Yeah, yeah. How things have changed. Uh, can I just ask you guys a little bit about what you think about what's happening with the club now? Um, I mean, Steve, maybe you, you might be good to go first on this. Just you know, what, you know, how surprising it is, and you know, from from looking at afar, you know, is it is it the dream for any football club? This. Oh, totally, one hundred percent. I just, I keep saying all the, which, which I'm really uh, proud and pleased to say that, that I have a number of people that um, still either contact me uh, personally through either the Facebook or the, or Twitter or Instagram. They still keep in touch and and, and DMs with it, um, and I, and I, and it, and, it, and it's for them. It, it's for them because you know, um, uh, it's it's a magnificent time to be. To be um, supporting supporting Wrexham now, um, and um, uh, it, it's it's all it's all a bit um, re- relative. Uh, no matter what what uh, levels of the game you're at, whether it's in the Premier League and you get Abramovich coming in and things as he did years ago and things putting it, I think it's a it's a wonderful wonderful time. And if you you know, and, and then you get a lot of knock, uh, knockers that would. Start, start to start to uh, trying to trying to rubbish it and things and what. But believe me, if they had that opportunity for the, those people to come into their club uh, and do the same, they would just take the welcome with open open arms. And I just think, what a magnificent time for all those seasons. Even even when we're there, there, there when I was there myself, you get gates of two thousand, maybe three thousand. You had the European nights, which was brilliant. But you used to just you know just just get along. It was tough. It was hard. Um, and um, uh, for the for the for the club now, I think it's just absolutely super, superb. I did I did think probably like many many ninety and ninety nine percent of the people when they first came in, or oh, is it just a bit of a joyride? Are they just coming in here just maybe to push their publicity a bit? You know their profile. Not that you know they got a huge problem, but maybe just is is it just a bit of a fund for them? Are they really serious? But to be perfectly honest, I I thought. Uh, I I I, re- I thought uh, that when I saw their true passion for the club was before the even takeover had finished. I think I might am right in saying this. I think and, and so I was told that they'd actually put some big money in before they even. Turned, and I thought, wow, that's a that's that's a that's um that's a commitment. That's a commitment. And I just think, good on you. And I just I, it, it's it's one of the first results, not the first result I I actually look for, and they're doing. Um, I mean, Stockport County is my hometown. Uh, and it's my, my home, my 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 first club that I I played for, um, 
and and they they were they were stuck in some some something similar their ways but um um it's great to see these clubs being being taken over and nurtured and as long as they nurture them and love them that is all that they, any fan can ask for and i think it's a wonderful time to be a Wrexham supporter right now and just I, fasten the seatbelt enjoy the ride and get on with it love it yeah Pete we've heard these sort of um there was many, I call them fairy tales, um, during the trust era where people were saying, oh, so-and-so's tried to offer the trust a, a million quid or whatever, and they wouldn't take it off him. Was the Robin Ryan approach probably the, the first, really, what you'd call like a serious approach that, that you'd had in your time time there? No, we'd had a, a couple of approaches, but, uh, it, you know, uh, like obviously we had a, a in place the where they had to sign on, uh, every, both parties had to sign non-disclosure agreements. That was to stop uh, any outside influence really in, uh, in trying to do a deal or, or whatever. Um, but um, no, uh, we, we, we signed it with a couple of people and that, and that was it. So we, we had, you know, uh, contacted by uh, some African prince and, and whatever he wanted to take on the club. We would take uh, approached by some guy who wanted to kind of just uh, uh, bring youth footballers through his own agency, etc. Uh, there was nothing really any any genuine uh, offers at all on the table, you know. Um, yeah. Like we, you know, we mentioned about over the history and that, and like you look at the games, like Steve's game against Zaragoza, fourteen and a half thousand at that game. You know, the Arsenal game was. Uh, 13,000, you know, the, the fans have always been there for Wrexham. We've always, well, I, I've always known that uh, we've got um, a fan base that uh, we're seeing today. And uh, it's thanks to these guys that we're seeing it. Uh, um, like Rob and Ryan, what they've done is unbelievable. It's, it's a type of project that hasn't been done before at any club. Uh, and, and we're experiencing it uh, with Wrexham, uh, and as Steve says, you know, just uh, uh, love the ride, like you know. Yeah, I mean, you've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly in terms of yeah. you know the owners, of the club. Where do you think? I mean, it's hard to say at this period, but based on what they've done so far, where do Rob and Ryan rank for you in terms of the way they're running the club? I think they've appointed uh, people who uh, know football. Uh, they know the background and they've uh, taken advice from top people, you know, Peter Moore uh, uh, on the director side, uh, Les Reed uh, on the football side of things. And they've got Sean Harvey, a guy who uh, um, was uh, director of the Football League. Uh, I, don't, I think he knows the ins and outs uh, better, uh, even better than Geraint. Of, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. I'm not no, sure. I know, right? <laughs> I, well, Gary probably knows more about uh, Welsh uh, uh, international registrations uh, than uh, this one. <laughs> is it, yeah. Just talking about Gary, did, have they still got a fax machine? That's not still a thing, is it? I don't think it, they've got one. It can't be, can it? Gary no, was always no, worrying line. about the fax 10 years uh, ago. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gareth's been superb for the football club over the years. And uh, uh, was he there when you were there, Steve? I, I don't think. Uh, I think you would have been uh, doing the program. You would have been program editor at that time. One yeah, I, 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 I certainly not. Certainly not. No, the name I can't. Um, I can't uh, say we. I'd, I'd come. Yeah. Back. I'm sure. I did. I'm sure we did. 
sure. well, Garrett would have been program editor with Dave Roberts and um, Phil Jones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At that time, '87-ish, uh, uh, because uh, they did a special program for the Zaragoza game. It's a, it's a few <laughs> more pages than uh, normal uh, if you look at it. Yeah. 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 Lads, great talk to you. We always finish on a quick fire round, uh, which we'll do both of you. Um, and Pete, it can be players that you've seen. Steve, it can be the, the players that you played with during your time at Wrexham. I'll ask you, I'll ask you both, there's five questions, I'll ask you both, uh, and then we'll go to the next one. So, firstly, if Pete, do you want to go first? Who is the most skillful? Skillful, skillful. player you've seen. Yeah. Uh, there's been many, but the one that stands out for me was in my younger days uh, on the wing, Ian Moyer. Uh, yeah. absolute class player uh, had his socks around his ankles and uh, he beat a player and then come back to beat him again like you know that, that was Ian Moyer all over <laughs> um, Steve for you the most skillful Steve Charles yeah yeah Steve Charles yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, right this might be a bit harder for you Pete but you've probably seen them about who's the worst dressed <laughs> worst dressed <laughs> mm. Um, ask Steve because I'll come back to that one. <laughs> Go on, Steve, you're up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would, I would have to say, uh, Percy, Chris, Chris Pierce. And he's not eating the Mars bar in one. He's not eating the Mars bar in one. Yeah, they had chocolate all down his stains and all the Mars bar. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Percy, Percy was, uh, Percy was a uh, was 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 one. Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Cook. Uh, although you would say he was the worst dress, but he had some he had some dress sense and some confidence to wear what he wore uh, at mm. times, um, and he and he would he, his colours would clash sometimes. I remember, but he was uh, used to wear like wearing some bright clothes. Um, but I'd have to give it to to Percy would have to be, yeah, the worst dressed in that in that uh, in that period I was there. Pete, I'll, go for, Billy, I'll go for Billy Ashcroft. Yeah. Well, only because he played in the 70s and he had those blooming wings of uh, shirt yeah. wings that was come out here uh, 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 and undone uh, at the top. Yeah. It's only because I remember a photograph of Billy. Uh, great guy, Billy. Right. Uh, next one, Pete. The most underrated player. Most underrated player? Whoa. Uh, in his day, uh, there was one player who uh, was for me, was outstanding. Uh, and he was the man who made Bobby Shinton. But uh, the crowd used to get on his back for some reason. I, I really don't know why. Uh, but what a great player he was. Uh, um, and was a manager of the club as well, 81 to uh, Mel Sutton. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, Steve? Yeah, I would have gone for both the, both the full-backs, Neil, Neil Slathiel and Sean Cunnington. Um I, I I I thought they were really hard. Uh, uh, Sean had a bit of finesse about him, skill, good touch, um, and Neil um, won won tackles, could head the ball as well. Well, and and to be fair, Stevie Stevie Buxton, who was part time, um, always always came in. I mean, he made that great contribution in the in the, the European night as well. Um, and and he was he was he was only part time, and he would join us sort of just just on the games himself. But um, he was a he was a a, a, a tough, very talented little centre forward. He was, yeah. So I would, I would say three, three there. Sorry, I'll give him three. Don't, don't worry, don't worry. Um, Pete, who was the biggest moaner? Biggest moaner. <laughs> yeah. 
biggest moaner. Oh, I've never heard him moan, to be honest. Uh, um, <laughs> Come on, you must have heard him moan. Yeah, yeah, uh, biggest moaner. Uh, who do I go for? Um, Dean Saunders, I'll go for. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dean Saunders. <laughs> Right. I would. But he also likes the moan. Steve. Yeah, I would. I would. Um, I would actually have to have to just side sidetrack and go away from the plane side and actually say the manager, Dixie, right. the moaner, a real, real moaner, and he would have a moan and morning and have a on um, um, play the play the plane side plane side. Um, Barry Horn liked to have a. I like to have a, a fire back and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a goal rather than moan. He, he was, he was, oh, but, um, uh, Chris, Chris uh, but it's got to go back to Percy again as well. He's taking all the titles tonight, Chris Pierce and the, 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 the keeper. But Dixie could moan with the best of them. Dixie could. I, I'd yeah. have Dean Keats as a player. Mm. Dean Keats loved the moan. Yeah. <laughs> Great the player. We always Great get. Player. Two that we always get, depending on how old the player is, it's either Ferguson or Neil Ashton. Yeah. But it was, so it's nice to have a few few new names in the in the yeah, mix, yeah. really. D- right. Dean had a lot to moan about, though. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> in the team <laughs> he played in. <laughs> right, last one. Let's see if Percy gets this as well. Pete, who's the player you'd least like to fight? Least like to fight. Yeah. I would. Say- I was going to say the physio, uh, the old physio, um, Mally Purchase. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah, uh, the Ma- fitness coach. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't want to go near Mally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, other than that, uh, I'll go for Steve Massey's uh, answer. Well, uh, Steve Massey's answer is going to be, and I'll say Jim Steele. <laughs> <laughs> Are you uh, going to go for Jim? Yeah, yeah. I, he was he was in there with um, with uh, again going going back to. Uh, Barry, Barry Horn might have just pipped it for me. All oh, right, wow. he, okay. he, he was a hard. He was, Barry was a was a hard a hard a real. It, um, I, I had a lot of time for Barry. He was a real um, intelligent intelligent footballer. Intel, really intelligent footballer. He was very deep at times. Um, but uh, I wouldn't want to cross. I wouldn't want to cross him. Yeah, he, he would. Yeah. So the, him, him and Jim Steele coming for you. Why me? Just you better leave the country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what. If we had a if we had a Barry Horn in midfield now, we'd have already won this league. Yeah. But anyway, right. Thanks so much for joining us, lads. Uh, Pete, will you just want to give us your details of your book, please? Yeah, uh, it's on sale. Uh, should be out at the end of November. Um, it's at the printers at the moment, uh, being printed. Uh, so uh, it's £34.95 I know it's expensive but uh, it's 424 pages hardback and it's in colour as well as colour photos in uh, this one so uh, I've pushed the barrel out to uh, get the colour photos in and Steve yeah, I, I wish you well with it, mate. And, and, Thank you, Steve. and I know, I know, I know. Having, having having spent the last seven seven months doing it, what a what a tough task! And for four hundred, I'll blimey, mate. You must have put some uh, some work in there and effort in there. Congratulations, but I hope it goes really well for you. Uh, but um, mine's uh, I've actually it's, it's actually been printed. Mine's mine's off. Here, there, there. So where's where's my towel? Um, uh, where, where was it? Sorry. 
Where was I'll it? Find it. I've still, I still can't find it. You'll have to read the book, as it, as it says in the blurb. You'll have to read, read the blurb for, for the reason why the title. But um, I'm hoping, fingers fingers crossed, that it's been it's been sort of nine out of ten confirmed. Um, I'm, I'm going to be up at the uh, Wrexham game, Bromley at home, November the 26th. And right. we're hoping, hoping to bring the book and um, do some book, book signing there, which hope, hope, hopefully, I say, we just got it being confirmed, but it's... It's uh, it's it's getting a bit a bit closer every every time, but it's just, just still got to be got to be confirmed yet at the moment. So, great. Well, we'll mention in the podcast when that gets confirmed and 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 where it will be. Thank Lads, thank you so much for that. Really enjoyed it. Really good to sort of delve into a, a part of the club's history we haven't really explored, uh, and it was just fascinating just to hear your 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 thoughts on it. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks to Steve and Pete for those uh, great stories there. I mean, it's, it's still weird. I mean, it's weird for us to, to listen about European tales involving Wrexham FC. So, you know, for the, for the sort of fans that, that are newer to the club, whether they're, they're local or international, it's got to be really, really surreal, isn't it? I mean, I know it's way, way, way down the track, but can you ever envisage such European nights ever gracing a four-sided race course ground again, Liam? What do you reckon? I'd be absolutely buzzing if it did because just listening to Steve talking about some of the the old games because I haven't necessarily I've seen you know the most the best known ones like the um, the Porto game but didn't really know as much about the Wales Aragosa game and it's still so fresh for me and just listening about it was so exciting I would love I would love to think that it's you know possible one day in the future uh, in front of a big smashing new cup. Whether it'll happen, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. It would be wild, wouldn't it? it would be wild. Anyway, before we get um, the likes of Porto and Chelsea at home um, at the race course in 2036, um, we have the small matter of Scunthorpe United, Scunthorpe United away um, at Glanford Park on Wednesday, uh, followed by a trip to Wealdstone on Saturday. Obviously, we've had our four home games in a row. We've won them all. Our away form is still something to be um, queried and questioned about. What do you see or what do you think Parkey has to tell his players, Andy, going into these two games? Because Willstone are higher up the table, but in the mid-table there or thereabouts. Scunthorpe scrapping for their lives is just hovering above the, the drop zone. They're having a stinking time of life in this division. Um, they've had a stinking several couple of years, I think, really, really bad. But if we're gonna if we're gonna have any any sort of designs on going up as champions, these are the matches you have to you have to navigate. Yeah, I mean, Scunthorpe are a team like we were when we came down, who were just used to losing, and it's hard to 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 really break yourself out of that, especially if you don't have any money, which I don't think they do. So you know, it's they've had a rude awakening down here. Um, Wheelstone, who is a club I, I know you know well, um, it's a good good place to visit. Good old fashioned non league club um, with a quite a collapsible stadium, as we found out last year. Yeah. But you know, it's 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 a uh, it's a good place to go. Um, and I've got a few London friends coming for the first time uh, on that match. Now, what I would say, you know, what you asked me, what should Parky tell the players? Well, I would say start fast. 
because what they do at home is they start fast and they take the game to the opposition. And what I think we do away from home is the opposite. We let the opposition come on to us. Well, I can understand that a little bit. We've talked about it before. Maybe the opposition need to blow themselves out a little bit. Maybe they're always going to come strong on us because we're at their place. We're a scalp. They want to, they want to, you know, take it to us. But I think now for those four games, those four wins, we should have more and more confidence in the team that we can be the people to grab hold of the game, no matter where it is and take it to the opposition. The confidence has to be flowing through us at the moment. We've got people coming back from injury. I mean, look at the look at how how packed that bench was on, on Sunday. You know, Lennon's back, Leighton's back, Mendy's not going to be too far away. You know, if you're not county, you've got a really good first eleven, but you you will know a couple of suspensions and a couple of injuries. And that you know that that there's not so much quality there. We, on the other hand, are able to replace Max Kluwerth with Jordan Tunnicliffe, and what a massive difference that has made to our to our backline, to the keeper, to the defence, to Toza. No sight on Max. No sight on Max at all. <coughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I thought you get emotional end like talking. Oh about no, that. yeah, yeah, no, no, Max. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just I was just choking. Um, no wonder you haven't got your camera on. Christ Almighty. <laughs> um, but uh, but you know that that we've got that in our locker where we can go to our 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 bench and bring on a quality League Two Player of the Season candidate in Jordan Tonnecliffe. And that must be quite demoralising to other teams. So let's really put the the foot on the neck while we can. Please somebody get a video of Andrew Gilpin um, upon the first whistle um, screaming, start fast! Because I just think it'll be up there with the, with the Tigger bounce at Barn. If you've not seen that video, we'll dig it out and stick it on Twitter because it's great. Yeah, Thanks. you don't need to. Yeah, don't, don't worry. Anyway, let 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 we'll, we'll what's your predictions then for these next two games, Andy? Then then we'll ask Liam. Uh, I think Scunthorpe are in disarray. I think we, this is definitely a game we need to go and win. Uh, I would hope that that the likes of the, our flair players like Lee and and Mullin can really turn it on there. And I hope it's going to be a cool. I don't know. I'd like a two nil two nil win there. Stones. It's a more difficult place to go. That's more of a. That's more of a toss of a coin. I still think we've got enough, so I think we're going to go two nil at Scunthorpe, and I think it's going to be tighter at the Stones. I'm going to go two one there. Liam, in in Reese's um, fence sitting absence, are you going to veer towards what he normally thinks, or are you going to think? Um, I'd like. To, I was going to go the same as Andy for the Scunthorpe game two nil, just because I think now that we've got Tony Cliff in. We do look really solid at the back. We've got someone who can, you know, when we're in a battle, we've got someone who can stick in there and clear the ball well. Um, so, yeah, as much as I hate to agree with Andy, and I'd love to disagree with him just to be contrary, but I'll go with 2-0 against Scunthorpe. I do think Wilston is a, is a difficult place to go, and I, I, I'd have to see a bit more yet to think that we can just go from away game to away game and get a win. So I'm going to be a bit of a Reese Williams. I'll say that'll be a one-all draw. Ooh, dear me. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to be confident. So we're going to pump, pump Scunthorpe, the iron, 3-0, just because I just don't see him stopping the rot. I think they'll go down. And 
yeah, Wheelstone always a bit of a bit of a an unknown entity. I mean, they walloped us, didn't they, the season before last? So I know it was a very different time for Rex and then, but I still think we'll win. I think we'll win two 0 I think the clean sheets are coming thick and fast now. So why not? Why not keep it up? Um, so yeah, I think Howard's been been decent as well in that bat line. He's, he's coming for a bit of criticism, including from me, but I think. I think he's been really Yeah, I agree with you there. I definitely agree with you there. He he looks like he's got the confidence of the defence now and that makes a huge difference. Yeah. And I think the defensive unit in all is a lot more competent at the moment and long may that continue. Yeah, indeed. So yeah, happy days. Wrexham at the moment are in touch with the leaders, but that might change by the time uh, by the time we get to play at Scunthorpe on Wednesday. So who knows? But yeah, thanks as always to everybody for listening. Please give us a little review on Spotify or wherever you get your your stuff streamed. That'd be great. Uh, Unless it's a bad review, then just don't bother. Yeah, yeah, don't don't bother with bad review. Leave that for somebody else. Um, and yeah, just just give us a follow on Twitter. Check out the usual usual bits and bobs. Please buy uh, or download a copy of Issue Five with the fanzine or any of the issues of the fanzine if you like. Um, for everybody keeping asking about a reprint of issue one uh the answer is we would like to so watch this space we don't know yet but we want to so because i know there's a lot of people asking for for issue ones to complete the set so we'll see what happens but until then um yeah keep the faith and we shall see you soon see you later yeah great bit of housekeeping there tim you got through a lot of things there uh goodbye from me <laughs>